This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Patricia, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Uh, You are welcome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Um, How is your week going? Tell us us a little bit about what's going on with you this week. Um, Well, it's spring break week, so it's going great. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Chance to visit with some friends and get caught up on some stuff around the house and just that kind of general spring stuff. Nice. Now, I was looking at... um, Uh, your bio a little bit. Uh, It sounds like you're into uh, mystery books. Um, Are you reading any books this week? Yeah, I always have one going on my Kindle and um, one paper, you know, actual real book going. So yeah, I have a couple going this week. Yeah, I fall into the cozy mysteries more than I do the hardcore suspense thriller stuff. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite author that you like to read or is it just whatever you see like on Amazon or Kindle? How does that work for you? Um, I have a few that I, you know, always waiting for their latest to come out, but yeah. I oftentimes will just scroll through Kindle Unlimited and, you know, find some that look interesting that I can rent for free yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and try and you know try them out and see and see if I like that author and that series and nice. just kind of try new stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I can remember when I was uh, growing up. I grew up in Central Illinois, and uh, we didn't have a lot, but we had a um, a library card. I don't know if those are still really popular today. We actually have a library card here in Louisville and uh, in Denton as well. But the uh, Urbana Free Library, we would go there often and they'd have like different reading challenges and things like that and summer challenges for kids. And uh, I was always into uh, Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, That was something I was always fascinated with. I want to say where the red fern grows, uh, those kinds of books and things like that, sports books. But that really got me really interested and introduced to books. Uh, I love to read and uh, I like I'll buy books sometimes. I don't know if you do this, too. And um, I I may not touch them for a few months, but if I see something, I'll I'll go ahead and get it. How did you get started on this path of loving books and eventually writing a book? Um, Gosh, I don't know how I got started on the path of loving books. I've read (laughs) for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, when I was little, um, it was Nancy Drew. Yes. Um, and <laughs> in Sweet Valley High, um, that dates me for any <laughs> younger people listening to this. They're not going to have a clue what I'm talking about. Uh, Babysitter's Club, those kinds of books. Um, and then as I got older, you know, of course, those evolved a little bit into Mary Higgins Clark was a good, was a, a mystery writer that I always loved. Mysteries is always in my thing. I, 
Yeah. I'm really bad about reading nonfiction, about not reading nonfiction, self-help, those kinds of books. They don't hold my interest very much, but I love a good mystery. Yeah. Um, I, as long as I can remember, I don't really remember a time where I wasn't reading. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm a strong, of course, I'm an English teacher and now I write English mm. curriculum. So mm. I'm a very strong believer in the reading writing correlation. Yes. The more you read, the better you'll be able to write. Nice. And, um, and that's proven true for me. Writing has always come pretty easy for me. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Let me, let me preface that with informational writing has always come easy for me. I'm actually not all that creative. So the <laughs> fictional stuff, I'll leave that to my daughter. She's good at that, but um, I can write, you know, my graduate degree was pretty much all papers, mm. research papers. And mm. so I can spit those out really quickly, really easily. They come easily to me. And I, I attribute that to being a reader my entire life. Yeah. And um, so I don't know, it's just always come easy for me. So awesome. when the idea for writing the workbook came up and I actually just finally dove into it, the words came pretty easily. Nice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think for me, it may be a little bit of the opposite. I, I love to read, you know, I can write, I'll, I'll write sermon outlines and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I think I'm still a work in progress with, uh, with writing as a whole. Some people just have a talent and I know you have to build that, right. It just doesn't come automatically. There's a lot of, uh, things involved with that. So, but, um, but no, I'm, I'm on the same page with you. There's something really powerful about reading and, uh, I've seen this more too, where a lot of people today, or at least it feels that way, and especially young people, they're just not always interested in reading. Uh, there's Nintendo Switch, there's PlayStation, there's social media, but I think that's really a, a, a danger, you know, with, you know, okay, well, how is this going to work with, you know, the Bible, right? And And listening to what God has to say. How have you or what are some things that you've seen in your life um, with your children or maybe with others that you work with at the congregation um, or any tips that you could give with, you know, helping young people to, to stay interested in reading? It is a tough one because the attention spans are getting smaller. The mm-hmm. critical reading skills are seem to be diminishing yeah. from what I experience you know being in the classroom um that desire to really delve in and try to figure out what something is saying um is is getting harder um and it's something that i i have fought in the bible class classroom you know with with kids because they tend to rush through the lessons and just answer the questions on the page Mm -hmm. rather than going to the scripture and that's not a blanket statement obviously for for every kid, but I, I do notice it a lot more. Um, and I try to ask some questions that aren't necessarily in the workbook sometimes, you know, that you have to actually read the scriptures to, to be able to answer. And I try to, um, you know, ask more open-ended questions when I'm in a classroom. So what does that mean to you? Um, you know, what do you think that means? Or, you know, as a young Christian now, how can you apply that one to your life? You know, ask some of those kinds of questions right. and get some conversations going. Yep. Um, 
in the Bible class because even if it's just being focused on in that 45 minutes, at least it's building some capacity for maybe some skills that will serve them later on. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. Yeah, questions and maybe even sometimes is how we do Bible classes, you know, for for the young kids, right? Uh, Get them talking and I guess maybe the right kinds of questions and things like that will go a long way for sure. So you're in education and um, how how did you get on that path? Uh, Walk us through what got you to or got you involved with uh, journalism and education and teaching. Honestly, it was life circumstances. Um, Mm. I ended up um, as a single mother when the girls were really young, and I didn't want them to have to spend their lives in daycare. So um, teaching was a, a way that I could spend, you know, all of their off times with them. Um, and it was something that I was fairly good at once I got into it. And yeah. so just, I mean, it ended up being a good fit. I was fortunate that it was a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, it was life circumstances. I'd like to tell you that it was, you know, that burning desire to teach <laughs> the next generation. But honestly, it, it was life circumstances that took me there and trying to do what was best for, for me and my kiddos. And yeah. That's what got me there. But um, that background has helped me, I think, in teaching Bible classes and things. Mm-hmm. Because you learn techniques, you know, during professional development sessions in secular education, you learn techniques that are good to help you make things relevant to kids in the Bible class setting as well. So I, th- I think that it served me well in the Bible class setting as well. So I was fortunate there. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. I, I did not know that. So I, I appreciate that. Um, I grew up in a single parent home for the most part as well. And um, my mom had, she had a variety of jobs. She would, um, clean houses for a span of time. We would go with her periodically depending on our schedule. And, uh, she worked at a, um, she had an office setting type job as well. And then massage therapy. So, um, I totally understand that, right. When you have, when you got kids at the house or the two of us and, you know, just trying to figure out, um, what to do. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's fantastic. You talked about life circumstances. Tell us a little bit about this book. So you're a Christian, now what? And this idea of preparing hearts for kingdom work. What were the circumstances that got you to this point? I know we talked a little bit about this. Uh, I guess it's been over a year ago. Um, But share with the audience, what were some of those circumstances? When did you get the idea um, you mentioned that you're not really creative, but obviously you have to be because you published a book and <laughs> people are never going to do that. So I think you got to give yourself a little bit more credit, but take us on that journey. Well, um, it was, I guess, January of last year. Um, I was studying with a young girl at our congregation at the time she had just turned 11. So she was very young, but she had, you know, expressed an interest in baptism And so we were exploring that, you know, making sure that, you know, she was, you know, ready for that commitment and what that commitment was going to entail. And um, we were studying through the the book that Mark Roberts has. It's the five lessons. I forget the exact title, but we were studying through that. And I was noticing that a lot of the questions she was asking me weren't really about baptism itself 
and the commitment there, she was getting that. She was asking me more things about later, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm only 11. What can, what can I really do, um, you know, to help the church and, you know, things like, so when I'm at school, how should I do this or react to this or, um, you know, things like that. And they were really good questions. And so I started just kind of tracking those questions mm-hmm. and, I decided, you know, she's got a lot of really good questions, and I bet a lot of other Christians that are baptized young have the same types of questions. Mm -hmm. And I started digging around, you know, on Amazon and OneStone and the various places that um, I know to go to look for those kinds of workbooks, and I wasn't seeing a lot that was geared towards that age group. And so I kind of started just playing with the idea of what if. I wrote it. And so I kind of started typing out those questions that I had tracked with her and writing out what I thought my responses were. And then I'd started digging into, you know, the scriptures that I thought helped to answer that question. And it started getting longer and longer. And I just <laughs> kind of started thinking, well, maybe I can put this into book form. And that yeah. may be around the time when you and I actually talked, um, trying to figure out, you know, what that would entail. And I don't know, I just got to typing and, you know, it looked like it was all coming together. So I decided to send it off to a couple of people, um, a couple of preachers, a couple of, um, the men in my own congregation, just looking at it from the, the scriptural standpoint to making sure that, you know, everything I was saying was in line and, the correct use of the scriptures and, you know, those sorts of things. And I don't know, it just kind of all came together and fell into place. And so I took the, the leap and got an editor, um, which actually may be the person you recommended to me to edit it. And I had Kelsey Lee do some cover art for me. And <laughs> next thing I knew it was on Amazon. So. <laughs> Oh, that is so cool. Uh, excellent job. So you started in January um, and then it w- it was published in November. Is that correct? Right after Thanksgiving. Right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So yeah. it was about uh, 11 months total. Did you have any, because uh, I'm, I'm always curious because people can write books, publish books. It's a, it's a, it's a tough thing and it's not as easy as, you know, sometimes we can hear people doing it, but did you have any, uh, resistance, any obstacles, uh, you know, when you got to June or July, were you thinking, I don't know, I don't know if I should do this or not. Walk us through that. Were there any of those challenges or was it pretty straightforward? The challenges mostly came from inside me. Um, you know, the, I stalled out a couple of times cause you know, I would get stuck on one lesson and I wouldn't be able to figure out exactly when I wanted to say how I wanted to say it. Um, And so I would, you know, it would be one of those, well, I'm just not meant to do this, you know, kinds of things. Right. Um, But, you know, I kept praying, you know, that if this was something that would help the kingdom, you know, for God to, you know, help me, help me get it to where it needed to be. And, um, and then when it came time to do the whole editing and finding somebody to do cover art and, you know, all those kinds of things, I was like, this is overwhelming. So maybe I shouldn't do this and leave this to, you know, the professionals and, you know, those kinds of thoughts. But again, kept, you know, praying that if that was something that 
he wanted me to do that he would help me get it done. And so finally in the summer, I just took the plunge and started investigating those avenues of you had given me some things. Mark Roberts had given me some things. And so just finally kind of overcame those, but the obstacles really all came from within me. And when I sent it off for feedback from different people, you know, there was never any resistance there. It was always good feedback and suggestions and, you know, helpfulness. And so no outside resistance, but most of it came from right inside here. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I totally get it. I think that's really where the big challenges really are. And I appreciate you sharing that. I just wrote, I'm writing notes too, as we talk. Um, So when I look down, that's, that's typically what I'm doing here. Um, I wrote down limiting beliefs, overwhelming prayer, investigating. And I think all of that's just interesting because I think all of us have had those feelings of you have this great idea, you see a need for it, but it's not going to happen magically. It's going to take time and effort and energy and reaching out to other people and things like that. And I think that's important for people to hear that if you push through, if you maybe sometimes take a break, um, kind of like a computer, you know, if you just restart it, uh, typically it works a little bit better, you know? So did you have like a set schedule with how you were writing this? Um, you're working full time, I imagine, were you doing this in the morning or in the evening time? What did that look like once you uh, overcame those, uh, obstacles from within? No, I didn't really have a set schedule. Um, when I would have some thoughts on, you know, some of the topics, uh, and I, and I wasn't where I could, you know, actually do any typing of it. I would, you know, like jot down the notes to make myself remember so that I could go back to it later. Um, uh, weekends, you know, I would spend a little bit of time like on a Saturday morning kind of thing. Um, and get some of the thoughts that I had had during the week out. Um, sometimes I would do some stuff during the week after I got home from work, but honestly, I sit in front of a computer for eight and a half hours every day. I don't generally get on one when I get home. Mm-hmm. So, um, didn't do too much of it then, but I like paper and pen also. So there was a lot of, um, writing out on paper and then transposing onto the computer screen, yeah. you know, later. Yeah, absolutely. How did this journey writing this book um, impact your faith? I think one of the big ways was I know that God played a huge part in me getting it done. Because like I told you several times, I let the the insecurity and the overwhelming feelings you know, take over me and tell me to just stop. This wasn't something that somebody like me does kind of thing, but continue to pray through that. And, you know, if, like I said, if it was something that he thought was going to help the kingdom, then help me get, you know, help me get past those obstacles and get it done. And obviously he did. And so, you know, that's a tremendous, had a tremendous, I can't talk, tremendous impact on my faith, but also studying through some of the lessons because while they were really good questions from an 11 year old some of the things as I was writing it I was like you know I need to practice what I'm preaching a little bit more and you know you get away from some of the things that you know are good practices and when you're sitting there writing it out for other people to follow you realize this is something that 
really needs to take more of a forefront in my own life than it has been recently. And so it helped me to get a few things back on track in my own life as well. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Uh, can I ask, and you don't have to share if you don't want to, we can edit this part out, but uh, what were, what was one of those things that you said, you know what, I need to work on that a little bit. Was it just like a, a particular kind of habit or or thought? Um, are you willing to share any of that? Yeah. I, one of the big ones that came to my mind was just communicating with people. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, in one of the lessons I was talking about how somebody as young as 11 can encourage others And, you know, some of the suggestions that I gave were just greeting visitors, talking to people, you know, at at church. They love for, you know, a cute little 11-year-old girl to come up and say hi to them Mm. Um, and uh, sending cards to people when in good and bad, because we tend to send cards in bad. We don't always necessarily think to send good cards in good. Um, And those were two areas as I was typing, I was like, you know, when was the last time I sent somebody a card? And it had been a few months, you know? Um, And I'm a very much an introvert Mm. doing things like what we're doing right now scares the daylights out of me. And (laughs) talking to, talking to people that I don't know. Yeah. scares the daylights out of me. (laughs) And, um, but it's one of those things where as I'm giving that advice to young people, I'm thinking, yeah, I need to get out there a little more and start, you know, talking to the people in in the church building, and so it's helped me to kind of I've set myself up a schedule where on Sunday nights I have a list of people that are on my prayer list. I'll send out a couple of cards nice. that I mail on Monday morning, you know, and so I've gotten myself into a routine of that now. Mm. That it was a routine that I had at one point, but then it just kind of got lost in the shuffle and. So some of the advice I was giving helped me to refocus a little bit and yeah. put some of that back yeah. on the front back on the front burner for me too. Yeah, that's awesome. No, thank you for sharing that. And um I think you're doing a great job here, by the way, too. So I know it can be a little bit nerve wracking, but um I really like that idea of the prayer list and sending out cards. One of the things that that we do at the West Main Church is um uh, I'm sure other churches are doing this too. Something called a member care group. So after each um, after services in the morning, uh, people are divided up into different groups, and we go back. And those who may have been absent, or those who are sick or struggling with something, uh, we just divide them up uh, within the group. So somebody will either send a card, like what you mentioned, or um, text or call or check up on them, and. You know, those little things like that are really big things. Um, it's like giving a cup of cold water. So thank you for sharing that example. I think that's something that is really good for young people to implement, but for all of us as well. So thank you for sharing that. You mentioned, um, I want to pick up on this a little bit more, kingdom work. Um, what other needs do you see uh, with respect to individuals um, contributing something in kingdom work. So for example, you were studying with this young girl and you saw, Oh, wait a second. Her questions are a little bit different. Um, there's other things you and I have been to, um, sacred selections, dinner functions. And we know the, the power of, um, just two people, you know, being passionate about helping babies, uh, and helping families. Um, you've mentioned, um, 
Kenny Ember, his podcast, um, and the influence of uh, Nikki and I still talk about that. You know, we always, whenever we hear now, do good, we think about Kenny. <laughs> uh, whenever we hear Excel still more, we think about Chris. So mm-hmm. podcasts uh, are something that we can do to, to, to share the word of God, um, books, workbooks. Have you thought more about what other needs might be out there for individuals? And I think this is important. Obviously, there's things that we can do collectively as a congregation that we have authority for. Uh, also for individuals, um, you know, the Bible talks about being zealous for good works. Um, any thoughts with that? Anything that you have seen that maybe someone who's listening to this may be thinking, you know what? I think I could help out with that. Um, well, I mean, I, are, we, are you talking about, you're talking specifically kingdom work here, right? Yeah, but if you want to go in a different direction, please do. Yeah. Um, well, the only reason I ask that is because one of the things that I've been considering doing lately and I haven't done yet is like trying to be a volunteer somewhere, you yes. know, helping mm-hmm. young kids, you know, um, I don't know, Boys and Girls Club, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, you know, something like that. You know, that's not specifically kingdom work, but it's kids that need mentors that yeah. aren't getting them other places where, you know, I could potentially be an influence, you know, spiritually, but even just morally and ethically, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, so those are the, I've been looking at that kind of thing and really feeling like I need to contribute more somehow, um, that kind of way. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that's been big on my heart recently and um, yeah. getting more into sacred selections is also something that that's, um, a big one in, in my heart as well. Um, but those are two big things that I've really been thinking about and praying about a lot. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, you know, obviously, um, the more we can get out into the community, it's just another opportunity, you know, for evangelism. And when people see us involved, um, it, it goes a long way. It's just another opportunity to plant seeds and give us those doors or avenues to, uh, to share the gospel. So yeah, there's something to be said for sure um, uh, about that. I had another thought and it just, uh, it just left me. Um, oh, I remember now I want to go back to your book here real quickly. Somebody buys your book. Um, they have a young person, a uh, young child. Uh, what's the best way to, to utilize the book? Is it um, a chapter per week um, how do you recommend when somebody, um, buys your book that they, um, that they go through it with their children? Um, I tried to write it in a way that it could be used for individual home Bible study and also be used in like a Bible class setting if they wanted it to be. A chapter a week would definitely work. The way it's divided up is it's 13 lessons, and the title of each lesson is a question. So, you know, so like one of the questions is, you know, how can I help in the kingdom or help in the in the, the worship service? And, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the things, greeting others and, you know, those kinds of things. And one yeah. of them is, you know, what should I be doing during the Lord's Supper? And mm-hmm. so we talk about, you know, it talks about those kinds of things. So each one, each lesson is a question. And then it 
you know, delves deeper into um, thoughts about that question and scriptures that you go to. None of the scriptures are actually in the workbook. It's designed to make you actually go read the scriptures, you mm-hmm. know, to, to apply good. them. Yeah. And, um, That's great. and I also tried to f- do some real life scenarios um, because one of the things that I found as a teacher is that what gets kids really caring is the relevancy to them and yeah. their lives. Mm-hmm. And so helping them to see that the Bible is not outdated that it does apply to their own lives. And so trying to put some real life examples in there for them. So I think you could easily do it, you know, um, a lesson a week if you wanted to. Um, They are fairly lengthy lessons. So I don't know. And when I say lengthy, I mean three to four pages, depending on, you know, the the topic. So um, I don't know that you would want to do more than one a week. Mm, But you might be able to. But it's definitely something that's doable. Like if it's in a Sunday morning Bible class, it's definitely something doable as the lesson for that week. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So while you're talking, uh, I, I thought of an idea for you. Um, uh, I, I tend to have a lot of ideas. Some are good. Some are bad. Um, some can create more time for somebody else or for myself. But I want to share it with you. But before I do, I want to ask, uh, what is next for you? So I know you mentioned volunteering, getting out into the community. You're on spring break right now. That's all good. Uh, you got your book published. You're still teaching, I'm sure, Bible classes and um, helping out the congregation. What is next for you? I don't know. <laughs> you know, people have asked me if I'm going to write another one. And I mean, the answer yeah. to that is, I don't know. It, that really just grabbed my heart when we were studying and I saw a real need for it. And so I ran with it. Um, If something else grabs me that way and, you know, it's something that I think I can have some input in and some help be helpful with, then maybe I might, but right now there's nothing, you know, in the works or really stirring in my, in my mind about that. So Um, I think right now it's just focusing on trying to find some way that I could be more helpful, whether it ends up being in one of the volunteer situations that I talked about earlier or whether it's, you know, something else that comes to light, but just trying to find ways to be more helpful. Cause now that my girls are gone, I do have a lot more time on my hands Mm -hmm. and I want to try to find a way to make more of that fruitful. And so don't have the answer for that yet, but yeah. I'm working on it. Well, good. So I'll share this idea. You can keep it. You can you can say no. Don't don't. I don't want that idea, Ben. Uh, you can get rid of it if you want. Back in January, we had a um, my brother and sister come into the congregation, and it, they did a weekend of training, um, in particular for Bible classes for Bible class teachers, um, and people who did not teach could could be a part of it as well. It was really encouraging to me. So um, the brother, he did all the main breakout sessions and his wife uh, had, I think, one session or maybe two with um, some of the women um, just showing different ideas, different things to kind of what we're talking about. Right. Um, Helping uh, our Bible classes to be more effective, getting our children talking and things like that. That was one of my ideas that I was thinking about. I was like, well, 
with your background with journalism and education and now publishing um, and teaching, uh, that may be something for you just maybe to consider where you can potentially do some workshops on how do we make our classes even more effective, more impactful, where it's not just what you were saying earlier, filling in the blank, not really being connected. So um, that's just something for you to think about. Uh, but um, when you were talking, I was thinking that that could be something you have a lot of um, skills and talent to uh, to do something really good with that. It's not a bad idea, but you really do want me to step out of my comfort zone, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> You've already written a book. You're on multiple podcasts. I think that's it's, it's the next step for you. All right. <laughs> It's the next step for you. Um, where can people find your book? Uh, it's on Amazon. And yeah. I can give you the link to put in the show notes if you want me to. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's on Amazon. They can just search my name okay. uh, or, or click the link that's going to be in your show notes. Awesome. So the book, again, is called So You're a Christian, Now What? Preparing Your Hearts for Kingdom Work. And uh, it's funny, this past week, um, my sermon was called um, uh, Baptism or After Baptism, Now What? Um, so kind of similar to what you're kind of talking about here. And I think there's always something good for us to to go back and to reconsider just some of the basics, uh, because the basics are really uh, the foundation with everything. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, one or two more questions, if that's okay. Uh, you have a lot of different passions. I was uh, looking at that. Um, so we know you're into mystery books. That's fantastic. How did you get into collecting unicorns? Tell us a little bit about that real quick. I really don't have a clue. <laughs> I, my mom would probably have to answer this question. I don't know. I've been collecting them since I was seven years old. Okay. I remember that. But I don't remember why um, or, you know, what spurred it. I don't know if I just saw one in a store date one day and thought it was pretty. Uh, I don't know. But I've been (laughs) collecting them since I was seven. And pretty much anybody sees something a unicornish, they decide that I need it because it made (laughs) them think of me. And so, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. Don't know why. Oh, that's great. Uh, Baseball. Are you a Texas Rangers fan or Houston Astros? Yes, no. Don't okay. say it. Rangers fan. You can't even say <laughs> <Yes>. Astros. <laughs> Very nice. Um, what are you doing with uh, crafting? Have you been building anything? What kind of crafts are you talking about? Or are you into? Um, well, scrapbooking has always been my major thing. Um, since the girls okay. were little, I always made them each a scrapbook for every year of their life. Um, one day they're going to... Oh be thankful for it right now. They hate me for it, but one day they're going <laughs> to like it. Um, That's but a great my, idea. Yeah. My dad's a woodworker. And so oh. I also have a lot of fun going over there and working with him in the shop and helping him with, you know, some of the things that you'll see come across Facebook. I'll, you know, play some part in helping him. And I like to play around on his Glowforge with him and things like that. But so yeah. can't sew or crochet or any of those, but, I can paper craft and I can help my dad woodwork. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. Uh, If people want to find you, where can they find you? They can find your book on Amazon. Um, uh, Do you want people to find you? If you do, where where can they reach out to you if they have any questions? 
Um, I well, I'm on Facebook just okay. as Trisha Trisha Stahl, so you, you can be found there. And and the email for um, my book is Trisha. It's T R I C I A dot Stahl S T A H L seven five at gmail.com. All right, cool. I'll put that in the uh, in the notes as well. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show, and thank you so much for your work in the kingdom. And thank you so much for your example uh, as a sister in Christ and uh, as a mom and and so much more. I want to give you the final thought. Um, Final thought for for our listeners. It can be whatever you want to to share. And maybe it's something pertaining to creating something, um, something pertaining to your faith. Um, A final thought that you'd like to share with everybody. I think one of the big things I've learned through this process is that we can do hard things. Um, And if you have a passion for it, pray about it and um, don't sell yourself short because you can do things that you didn't think you could do. I never thought that I would publish any kind of a book in any sort of a setting. Um, And, you know, I did. So we can do hard things. And so don't give up on it. Pray about it and do it. Awesome. Trisha, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or are looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and... So can you. Take care and God bless.